Thomas Coffee Metal Podcast, episode 19. Greetings, and welcome to the Comics Coffee Metal Podcast. I am your host, Don Cardenas, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Shuffle Interview. Today, I am joined by one of the creators of Bigfoot Nose Karate, Dan Price. Dan, thank you for joining me today. Hey, Don. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. I, I really appreciate you coming on and kind of being the guinea pig for this new format uh, for my regular listeners. This is going to be a, a bit of a quicker, faster-paced episode. Uh, I'm going to ask Dan some very random questions at the end after we get to know him a little bit, get to know his project a little bit. And yeah, it's going to be, I think, I think it's going to be really fun. I got a list of 150 questions and before our call started, I hit him in a number randomizer and I got five and I think it's going to be really fun. And yeah, so without further ado, let's get right to it. So Dan, in my regular episodes, I ask everybody, comics, coffee, metal, what are you digging right now? But let's change it up a little bit for this. Why don't you tell me, Comics Coffee Metal, what's your favorite thing out of all of them? Oh, Comics Coffee or Metal? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I mean, look, I love comics. I'm a, I'm a comic book creator. That's the first love. Uh, metal would be the close second, I would have to say. Uh, I don't drink caffeine, so ca- coffee's kind of not really there for me. But... Um, but my wife makes it every morning and it smells awesome. So, but uh, yeah, no, comics, coffee, or comics, metal, coffee in that order. You, you kind of uh, shared with me that you're, you're, you're a punk guy. You, you like, you like I punk. am. So, I, I, and, I, what, and it's not that I don't like metal at all. Cause I mean, like, I mean, when I was younger, I mean, I, I saw Metallica live, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, it's not like cannibal corpse or anything like that, but you know, I went to the, I saw corrosion of conformity and suicidal mm-hmm. tendencies on the same stage, you know, yeah. back when I was in high school and shit like that. Yeah. So, you know, hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Well, let's, let's just talk about what you love. Uh, what's your favorite punk yeah. album? Oh my God. Um, my favorite punk album. The first one that really kicked me in the teeth was when I, when I was a kid was Nevermind the Bollocks by the, uh, mm-hmm. by the Sex Pistols. Uh, my sister, uh, introduced that to me. I was like 10. And uh, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And it just kind of spun out from there. Uh, right now, uh, I have been, and I don't even know if I would even really consider them punk. I've been listening to a lot of social distortion lately. Uh, okay. I've been going backwards and listening to some odd stuff. I went to, um, you know, uh, you ever heard of John Spencer's Blues Explosion? Kind of yes. a funky, crazy ass band. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. Well, they did some things with... Uh, with uh, R.L. Burnside, I was going back and listening to that recently. Uh, Ass Pocket of Whiskey, if you've never heard that album, it's killer. And uh, yeah, I've just I've been all over the place musically lately, and I, and I blame Bigfoot Nose Karate for that because <laughs> I have a in my head I have a soundtrack for what that what that book would be, and yeah. uh, so that's the work has kind of spun me out listening to some crazy shit lately, and <laughs> um, and I'm grateful for that to be perfectly honest with you because it's. You know, I mean, it's been everything from like morphine to Tom Waits to, you know, uh, to Danzig, you know, it's, it's yeah. been, you know, to Public Enemy. It's just yeah. been kind of all over the place. So I've been enjoying I've been enjoying music differently lately. Thank you to mm-hmm. this comic book that I've been working on with Casey Allen. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm a huge fan of merging comics and music in general. And listeners to the show will know that, you know, as much as I love metal, 
I listen to so many other things. I listen to so many different variations of metal. So, you know, the punk was just one of those things I never, I, I could never put both feet in or I could never jump into. Sure. D- d- dabble my toes here and there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, as of recording, I'm literally like 48 hours from being 40. So, you know, obviously Green Day was like, you know, the offspring were like what I thought, what I knew of as punk really in, in sure in my high school days. Um, and even though I knew there was other stuff, harder stuff and more aggressive stuff. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just one of the things, but I do appreciate, I do appreciate the music. I do appreciate what they bring and I appreciate the influence they brought to a lot of metal too, you know, and stuff like suicidal tendencies that have a lot of, um, oh, so good. A lot, you know, a lot of their foundations are in punk itself and stuff like that. So, no, mm-hmm. I, I, I totally, I totally appreciate that, and also, you know, the variety you just mentioned with coming up the playlist for Bigfoot Nose Karate, which, you know, is, you know, your upcoming Kickstarter for issue two. You had the first one yep. released this year, successful. Uh, you sent me a copy. It was a really, really fun read. Uh, it was Thank definitely. You. With the name Bigfoot loves uh, nose karate, you would think you would. I, I, you had a general. I had a general idea of like, oh, okay. I think I know what this book is going to kind of be, and it's just like it is not. It is very different. <laughs> it took some turns, yeah, and I was I was very yep. I was very happy with the turns it took. I was very I was very. Uh, it, it's hard not to just like grin while you're reading this book. And just like love the fact that this is comics, like the comics can do this crazy shit right now. And it's really, really awesome. And yeah, so you're getting ready to kickstart issue two Um, for everyone there. The Kickstarter is launching, I believe you said October 12th. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, we're ready to rock. Yeah. And though this episode is coming out uh, a little bit before that, there is a link to go to the Kickstarter page. So you will be notified when it goes live. But that's what I know about Bigfoot Nose Karate. Let's talk. Let's 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 talk to the man himself. So, where did this come from? <laughs> um. Okay. So when I got started doing comics years ago, I was doing a lot of um, superhero satire, sci-fi, space parody, things like that. I had a my original project was called Latex Avenger, and he had a sidekick named Spermicidal Foam Lad, and together they <laughs> repelled crime ninety nine point nine percent of the time. And uh, then came a book called Masters of the Obvious, where they flew around in a poster in space. And it was like, uh, Dr. Biclops, he's got two eyes and the visible woman, you can't miss her. And just like all these crazy characters. I mean, I, I, I was steeped in nutty characters. And I had this little comedic universe that I was working within. And so Bigfoot was supposed to be part of that originally. And it was going to be this all the normal, usual, stereotypical tropes of a martial arts movie were going to be merged with a Bigfoot, and it was going to be just this typical thing that we're going to make a parody of, and it would be, ha, 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 that's funny. <laughs> and I didn't think it was that funny, <laughs> but I loved the name. <laughs> I loved the name. I thought the name was great. Bigfoot knows karate. That sounds awesome. And uh, so I shelved it, and I did nothing with it. And this was back in, like, 2015. And I, um, about around 2018, 2017, I started sketching the character and putting it up on Instagram and the, the design changed and it was, it became this, you know, somber, sad, you know, action adventure, psychological thriller in my head was what I was building up to. And Casey, uh, Casey Allen, my co-writer on the project, 
he came to me and was like, when are you going to do something with this, man? I was like, I'm working on it. I'm working <laughs> on, I, I want it to be different. That was like the thing I kept saying to him over and over again. I did not want this steeped in tropes that we would normally see in a martial arts movie. And I didn't want it to be, you know, Kung Fu Panda, you know, it yeah, had to yeah. be its own thing. And once I finally got like the hook, you know, where, you know, with, uh, when, you know, Casey was the name, the namer of Kung Fu Thulu, which is the big bad in the first issue. Yes. Um, uh, you, got, and, you guys uh, got a, a big old guffaw out of me for that one, for sure. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, Casey would love to have known that because like he he's very proud of that name and as well he should be because <laughs> it's damn brilliant. Uh, you know, I came to him with the, you know, with this just this Bible of information about uh, this arc and dropped it on his lap. And he said, agreed to be my editor. And then it just became so much that he was coming up with great ideas and stuff. And I was like, why don't you co-write? And so we're co-writing this book together. And it's just been, it's been a really killer experience for sure. But it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big foot and he does karate and they, he, you know, he, the first issue it's Kung Fu Thulu, but then there's these major twists and turns. You know, I always kind of liken it to Godzilla versus Kong meets Kill Bill with a twist. And uh, especially that first issue. Yeah. And um and then, you know, and now as we're getting into issue two, it's kind of like Godzilla versus Kong meets Kill Bill with all the with all the head spinning twists of Lost, uh, you know, as you know, you know what I'm saying? Maybe not yeah, that yeah. bad, hopefully not that bad, but, <laughs> you know, just that kind of intrigue that's going on. Uh, hopefully the right we don't have a writer strike in the middle of the thing and the series gets ruined. But that's just a pissed off fan talking right there um the uh i loved lost and it just kind of fell apart i don't know if you watched the show back in the day anyway um but you said you're about 40 right yeah yeah we, we watched it uh we kind of fell off after they like we gotta go back to the island it's like all right well i got I, I yeah it got to, to be to a show. lot <laughs> so. yeah it got to be a lot um the uh so maybe lost isn't the best selling point when i'm trying to make the analogy no, I, get, for the I, book, get, but, no I get what you're saying yeah. and having read the book yeah um at least the first issue I, I get what you're saying. It's it's that vibe in the first couple seasons of Lost. I mean, that's still great, great stuff. And that's, that's good TV. And when 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 you're when you're talking about like the mystery and the kind of twists and turns like that, yeah, I would think that's an apt description, you know. And so that's I I don't think that's a negative at all. I think everyone can agree. Like at least for the first couple of seasons, like that was some good stuff. And so yeah. I I, th- I I think uh, putting Bigfoot knows karate. And the story you're crafting with that in that context, yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. It works. Okay, yes. good. Yeah, no, I'm I'm stoked for the second issue because it, uh, you know, without going into it, it's a hard thing to talk about um, because you don't want to give up what happened in the first issue. But it's where do you what do you talk about to go into the second issue? You know, I mean, at this point, Bigfoot he's a, he's like a fish out of water in his situation and. Things are not looking good for him, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's a Bigfoot who does karate. Something tells me he's going to have some tricks up his sleeve to get him through <laughs> through a tough situation. But, um, yeah, I can't wait for people to get to read it. I really can't. We, uh, Casey and I have had a blast working on this comic for sure. Yeah, it, it, it definitely shows. It, the, just like, it's hard to imagine, you know, you drawing and, and all the, and Casey writing and, just not you guys just not beaming with just like god this is fun <laughs> like isn't this just like aren't comics awesome <laughs> isn't this comics are awesome 
Yeah, no, the fact that, you know, they're, they're so steeped in realism these days. And I'm not yeah. saying that is a bad thing. I mean, if I could draw realistically, I'll probably draw differently than you're seeing me draw right now. But I can't. So this is what you get. And uh, but I tried to bring some because I can't. I'm not that guy who's going to draw the picture perfect, uh, you know, photo perfect drawing. I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to I want to give it the look to feel to match the, the tone of the story. And it is brushy and it's grungy and it's edgy and it's and it, it's organic in the art style. And I like to think that the it matches up to the to the tone and the writing. And um, working with color palettes that draw on the emotion of the scene rather than, okay, well, we're in the, we're outside. So the sky is blue, the sun's orange and the grass is green. Yeah. No, like, you know, let the, let the emotion grab you. And you know, that's the fun of comics is it? Mm-hmm. it's supposed to take you in. If only for 30 page story, you know, uh, you know, I don't have many minutes that takes you to read, but you're invested. And I wanted that artwork to, to grab you in a, in a different way than you would get photorealism artwork. No, I, I think it definitely, your, your style definitely serves the story much, much better than something that if someone went like an ultra realistic style, it would not, I mean, it, it wouldn't sell a lot of the fun of the book. I think it would, it would, it would make you think like, Oh, is this serious? Super serious. Like, so that way, you know, when you do have your serious moments and all that, Oh, it's like, okay, it, 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 the serious moments become kind of the um, the, the the icing on the cake as opposed to like the fun or humor of the concept and stuff like mm-hmm. that, which, you know, I think is a good switch from a lot of stuff because a lot of people think, oh, we have a serious thing. Oh, then you have a, you're punctuated by little bits of humor here or there or there. I think by kind of like flipping that on its head a little bit before, you know, but also including the the, the whole the twists at the end. And stuff. I don't want to give anything away either for anybody. I want them to go check yeah. out the first issue. <laughs> Um, right. You know, but before all the twists and stuff, all that happened, like, you know, it's, I think it works. I think, I think it really works well. Um, I did notice, you know, the, uh, expressionistic way you would, you would use the colors for the backgrounds and stuff like that to, to, to feed the scenes, you know, you know, bringing out the reds when it's necessary and stuff like that. So no, I, it's, it's definitely, uh, I think the right move. And, um, thank you. So I, do you work digitally? Do you work, you know, hybrid? I do. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm completely 100% digital. In fact, um, I draw probably the, I have the weirdest workflow of probably anybody I know in indie comics. I work on a, uh, on a laptop, on a desk, on, on a touchscreen, uh, on a touchscreen laptop that, um, and I don't use a stylus. I actually use my fingertip to do all my work, uh, my oh, fingertip wow. and my mouse. And so I draw and I work in Adobe Illustrator as opposed to like Procreator oh. so or Clip Studio stuff. or anything like that. It's all vector stuff. Yeah. So oh. um, so it is um, I'm, I'm a I'm a creative director and graphic designer for the mm-hmm. last, you know, 20 years of my life. So Adobe Illustrator is like my my best friend. And so when it came time to start working in comics again, um I was like, well, I know how to do this, all this shit over here. And I don't know how to do any of that stuff over there. So why don't I just do this over here where I'm really comfortable? And mm-hmm. uh, that, that's why I work in Illustrator. And I love vector artwork. I love what it, what you can do with it. Uh, I love the manipulate, you know, how manipulate the manipulatability. I can't even make up a <laughs> word that sounds that good. Uh, 
I like how manip- how you can manipulate it. I like yeah. like the uh, ability to edit and uh, and that and that's great. So and between so I do all the um, the line work and most of the color in Illustrator, and then I take it over to Photoshop to do any color edits or any special effects or something like that that I want to add into it, and then back over to Illustrator to do the lettering. So okay. um, yeah. Yeah, you, you started saying that, like, you know, about how your workflow might be unusual or not the mm-hmm. usual. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, how unusual? And then it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. I've heard plenty of yeah, workflows and work styles, and it's definitely, uh, it's definitely different. But, you know, if that's just not a, uh, a testament to use the tools you're comfortable with. There's no one way, no one right way to do it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, it's uh, I, like I said, I just I love Adobe Illustrator, <laughs> man. I am such a junkie for the software, and um, and you know, just being able to uh, you know find brushes or create brushes that are unique that uh, will kind of feed to this to the artwork that you're doing. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I got so much respect for traditional artists because I mean, I was one for a long time, and I could not I could not attain what I'm trying to do with the artwork and bigfoot what i could with a pencil i couldn't i couldn't reach it just because of all the technology and um you know when i was drawing comics years ago you know a paper pencil you pen and this is how i did it but i worked as an i worked as an, a graphic designer you know in my day job and then i would go home and ba- it was basically like a stone age at how at the house you know what i mean and yeah. i didn't understand you know years later i started thinking to myself why am i doing this to myself you have a skill set that you can bring to the table here in indie comics. So do that, do it that way. And I felt like my work, you know, having that skill set for all those many years of doing it brought confidence to my work and having confidence made my work get better. And, um, and yeah, I'm really grateful. Uh, I'm really grateful for, for digital art. Cause I mean, I seriously, I, my comic book artwork was so bad uh, back in the day, then I uh, that when I got an artist he uh, to take over the art chores for me, and I just kept writing. He's like, "Yeah, this was probably a good move for you." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, everybody <laughs> told me that." They're like, "This is a good move for you, Dan." I'm like, oh, "Okay, so you're really just telling me that I'm not good at drawing." But you know, I didn't take you know, but it was a good move. It was the right move. But I need to just get back to doing this now. And uh, you know, after during the pandemic, my wife said to me, "Hey, why don't you get back to doing some comics again?" And uh, yeah, drawing this has been—it's been—it's just been the best comics uh, indie comics experience I've had thus far, and, and I've had a few years behind my belt doing this. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you know, I think uh, you know that's—I not to say the pandemic was a, a positive in really any way, <laughs> but something that kind of blossomed out of that is I, I I've talked to people, including myself who just, when that happened, like just the drive to create more things just mm-hmm. skyrocketed. And just so many great things have come from there. So many fun things, so many awesome things that just kind of were born out of that massive collective, collective stress <laughs> of everything. It's, do you feel guilty? Because I feel guilty because there's so many people that have been 
And I mean, all of us have been adversely affected from this pandemic, you know, whether it's people we know ourselves, you know, mm -hmm. sick, passed away, all of that. It, it, it happened, it, you know, it's it, it happened to everyone. And when, you know, when I look back at 2020, the way that in 2021, uh, in 2021, especially, you know, that's when I kicked off doing my comic in February of, uh, you know, doing Bigfoot in February 2021. 2021 and um that year was magic in so many ways and and while all the sadness was going on around the world and i feel terrible because i'm like i'm there were so many amazing things creatively happening oh, i no. feel guilty oh, yeah. um there's yeah. a there's immense guilt because i just just in general as a whole my family and all that we mm -hmm. came out uh, you know relatively unscathed in terms of the hardships that came from all that. Mm -hmm. You know, my wife works from home now. And for us, that was kind of great because, you know, we have uh, my son's going to be three soon. So she's basically been home for the majority of his life working. So even mm -hmm. though she's working, you know, she still sees him throughout the day and things like that. She got, you know, my, and the, though there were a lot of stresses for ourselves with the, with, schooling and things like that and and family members who are high risk and just risking the kids and stuff forever things we had to do um yeah there's a there's a lot of guilt because it, it we, we again we, we came out relatively unscathed and in terms of my own creative output and comics career 2020 kind of started an upward trend of everything for me mm -hmm. and so it's kind of hard for me to be like you know, not not just like look at everything, you know, good that may have happened or is happening, or you know things that have developed, and and not feel a twinge of like, you know, intense humility. Not even a twinge, like just like intense humility, humility about it. Like, I am incredibly lucky for this. I this is, I am the outlier on a lot of this stuff. Um, but I just take that feeling when I can and say, well. I owe it to everybody else who can't to just to work at best I can and do what I can to help others do all that. And that's, you know, that drove a lot of what I'm trying to do now with my podcast or whatever it is I do. That's not making comics is trying to help lift everybody else up and, and spread the word and be positive about things people are doing because that's just, oh, that's what I can do. And if I can create a platform for more people to to read to read a book to to, to buy a to get into a Kickstarter or um, you know buy an album from a band that's you know not as well known or whatever, then I I I'm more than pleased to do so. Speaking so. for the entire indie creative community, we appreciate what you're doing <laughs> because I mean seriously, it's it's. John, it's people like you who y'all y'all give y'all y'all care about this. Mm -hmm. You know, you care about you know, getting the message out to people. You know, whatever people you know, creative out you know, creative project people have, and you're you're helping us reach an audience, and that's huge because it sucks to work in a vacuum. You know, mm -hmm. when you're mm -hmm. when you're creating something, and you know, I don't know. You know, yes, I enjoy drawing, and yes, I enjoy writing, and I know Casey enjoys writing, and we enjoy doing all of this, but like, okay, if you got to make a comic book and 
you just spent like nine months working on a book and all of a sudden like nobody's ever gonna read it it's that that's the most yeah. that's so sad you yeah. know that and, and so knowing that feeling read, and, and yeah. yeah and knowing that feeling being in that position myself it's like you do all this work for a thing and then you put it out and it's mm-hmm. just like you know sure you you have your circle your group and then you know whatever reaches out beyond there it's always mm-hmm. just like not not that people or myself are ungrateful for the people who are in that circular group whenever it reaches out beyond there you're like oh wow okay like and so i know that feeling of just like oh i've reached more people by doing this thing awesome you know and the more the merrier with independent comics and yeah again i'm I'm happy to spread the word and i appreciate your kind words about that yeah no no it's amazing to me because like when i did comics years ago i mean i was on facebook right and uh and then you know i came back to you know like a few years ago i got on instagram and just started posting drawings and stuff like that mm-hmm. and you know but when i started working on bigfoot nose karate and then just instagram was so kind to the character in the project and we got fan art you know before the first campaign we'd already received <laughs> like 50 That's pieces awesome. of fan art before we even launched the book i mean everybody was drawing bigfoot nose karate drawings and it was amazing and the uh i mean i'm so it was humbling and you know just it was such a cool experience to see that somebody would take time out of their day to to draw the character that's amazing to me and you know and then kickstarter i mean i didn't i i had heard of kickstarter when i was walking away from comics but i i didn't know much more than that and it's a you know we're in the middle of a pandemic and you there's this distribution tool if you think about it i mean it's this awesome you know distribution tool that you can get you can touch people all over the world we sent copies of bigfoot nose karate number one to australia south korea all over the u uh, the uk and europe i mean it was canada wherever it was a bunch of different places that we sent uh the comic out to that that would never have happened to me years ago being able you know you know you talk about your circle of people or you know Mm -hmm. the conventions that are close by that you can go to you know it, it would have been an impossibility so I am so unbelievably grateful to like the Instagram community. Now I'm getting, you know, been on Twitter for a little bit now, getting used to that. And people are really cool over there. Um, despite the, uh, the, um, the stereotype of Twitter, I've actually met some pretty cool folks over there. You know, I mean, if you know um, how to, if you know how to curate your feed, it's a pretty cool place. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I think that's important for people to know, cause it does have a, I mean, I said it for years, Twitter's a cesspool. You know, um, and I, it, nothing ever seems good come out of Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, all you ever hear from about Twitter is the bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of really great there's a lot of really great creators. And I met some really cool folks um, on there and, you know, which has turned into like going to conventions and meeting people who follow you on Instagram and Twitter. That's crazy. And um, so I'm really grateful to, you know, those social media, you know, and that and, and Kickstarter for allowing this book to even breathe because i mean we asked for on the first campaign we asked for like a thousand dollar goal and we we reached it in seven minutes i mean it was like thank you power of the internet y'all are amazing so yeah awesome awesome all right dan so we reached a time where i have to ask you five randomly generated questions are you ready let's roll Um, 
I don't remember writing this first one down on the list, but it popped up and it's there. So, uh, forgive me. Do it. Uh, Dan, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Oh, um, it's just, it's, I I just like the way it sounds, right? I mean, that's (laughs) what he said in the movie. Uh, yes, I have danced with the devil by the pale, uh, by the pale moonlight. It was at my it was at my bar mitzvah party. Uh, her name was <laughs> Tiffany, so uh, she was yes. So, awesome. but I say that only because that movie came out the year I had my bar mitzvah, and uh, okay. I had a Batman themed uh, bar mitzvah cake. So awesome. it was. Awesome. I mean, I was really way into that movie. I saw it at least three times that summer. So it's still my favorite Batman movie. Perfect, perfect. Uh, cool. What was the last independent comic book you read? Last independent comic I read, um, I just read the uh, can uh, the new uh, issue of the Convictor uh, recently. Uh, that was uh, just a blood fest. Uh, absolutely amazing. The guy who does the book, uh, name is Jason Farrow, and he has uh, worked in. Uh, he's had a lot of uh, you know fighting combat experience type stuff. And he brought that to the table with this character. It's like a character who um, he he's got indomitable will. He's like a, you know in the the vigilante realm of uh, comics, and just it was if he that character whoops some butt. It was really cool. It was a, a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed that book. Usually, I uh, <laughs> I normally I would be able to say because I, I just read the last Ronin and a few other things mm-hmm. that and. Uh, but this was the very last indie book I got. I got it on Kickstarter. It was kick-ass. So it was awesome. cool. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, what's a comic book you wish you made? Oh. Um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm glad they got to make the books they made. I don't, you know, I got to appreciate them. As, I mean, I don't know. I would have loved to have been, had my finger in the, on, on Sin City because it's probably my favorite book that I've, uh, uh, you know, Frank Miller's Sin City is probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite books out there ever. And if I didn't make it, at least I would have liked to have been able to have my hands on, you know, on it. You know, yeah. it was it was it's that good. Awesome. And now you mentioned that I see it now. I see it in your art. I see the the Frank Miller Sin City influence in there with the heavy blacks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm it, they're more so in this issue, I think, because of the and the. uh the scenery changes so much. We go from outside and organic to a heavy industrial in this issue. So well, awesome, I, I find more of it's happening. And as I'm going that my eyes, that's only a good thing. So I look forward to seeing that. All right. Cool. Um, thanks. I, I actually uh, sent this list to a good buddy of mine who also does a podcast. Like, what do you think of this? And this next question is something he's like, man, this is gonna. This is this is like a, a Sophie's Choice situation here. So I don't know if it will be for you, but <laughs> who's better, Stuart Eminent or Art Adams? Art Adams. Oh, well, that, that it was not a difficult question for you to answer at all. All right, not even a little. It wasn't even hard at all. <laughs> uh, thing is, uh, I think anyone can say either answer, and either one would be right. No one would be wrong. Sure. Like you know, sure. No, I'm just I'm just a mark for Art Adams. So yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, all you had to say was Art Adams and it, it, there was very few people who were going to lose to that or who were going to beat Art Adams uh, out, you know? Uh, 
Well, n- now we need. Have to you see. ever read? Have you ever read his Monkey Man and O'Brien comic? Have you ever seen that? M- many, many, many moons ago. But yes, it's insane. It's incredible. Our, incredible. Like, I yeah, I I appreciate Stuart Eminem immensely. Just because he's such a master of like so many styles, and it's kind of insane. Uh, but Art Adams does Art Adams, and Art Adams is awesome. <laughs> so it's like he's it's like it's it's really it's really like picking between like two very different uh feelings that these artists give people i think so that's why i was like absolutely that's why i was trying trying to think of like matchups um this was when i was like this one you know could be pretty divisive i think so but you 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 were ready you were ready for art adams yeah, no, the thing that Art Adams is, because you said you're 40, I'm 46, okay, I was 16 okay. years old when Image, when Image Comics started. You were okay? right there for Art and Adams, it, and yeah. It, I was right there for Art Adams. I mean, yes. it not only did, I mean, I have an Art Adams signed uh, X-Men annual up in my boxes somewhere. Um, he, uh, and then I got that, like, at a half-price bookstore or something like that. I just, yeah, like, mm-hmm. that is Art Adams' signature. I'm like, I know it is. Uh, the yeah no he is like he's like the godfather of all those cats who kicked off an image i mean they mm-hmm. all looked up to art adams you know and michael golden and so those two guys are like big you know influences on the influences and so uh and i just like art adams anyway he's incredible i mean just from whatever he does whether it's even this godzilla stuff these days is just the, yeah it's, it's incredible i mean i think Right now, James Stokoe is probably the greatest com- uh, Godzilla comic book artist ever. But Art Adams was the bar he had to hit for that. And, well, that, and, and that's not to knock what Art Adams did with Godzilla stuff. And it's just it's like, it's just a, yeah, it, Art is, he's been killing it for decades. So. Oh, yeah. No, I get he, it. Uh, you know, I've. With the Godzilla stuff, I mean, I, I'm from Austin. Matt Frank is, you know, a local here in mm-hmm. town. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, he's his 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 Godzilla work is nothing to sneeze at either. So uh, Matt's pretty damn amazing. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, I love seeing I'm, his stuff online. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Oh yeah. All right. So our last question is yeah. Also, the last question I wrote on this list, and I think it's probably. Probably, uh, uh, it's 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 one I kind of want to ask everybody now. <laughs> so I might have to change this to four <laughs> random questions and then this one, but we'll see we'll see uh, how the response is to this. Um, so Bigfoot knows karate is uh, going to be adapted as a movie, but you have to choose between it being on the Sci-Fi Channel with their budgets, but you have complete creative control, or it can be made by a major studio where you have to relinquish all creative control. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing about me. Um, when I got back into doing this, my wife told me that I can't make comics unless I'm having fun doing it. So neither of those items sound like a good fun idea. To be perfectly honest <laughs> with you. Cause um, I am too much of a control freak to let it go. And I'm not going to make something that's shit. Yeah. 
on a, on a, on a crap budget. So I would probably knowing me as much as I would like to see the project get to where I want it to go, which would be a streaming service as an animated show. That's what mm-hmm. I really want. Um, you know, like a 10 episode, you know, season i'd be happy yeah. i mean I, I could do i could do five all five issues in a 10 episode season if i could do that that's all i need like having a movie <laughs> a live action movie like somebody was talking to me about that recently what do you think a live action bigfoot does karate movie? i'm like that sounds terrible <laughs> i'm like I'm, and, and like what do you what do you want it to be a manga i'm like no you know just like <laughs> look at the art look at what i'm doing here like that's where i want it to be you know um so i'm far too much of a control freak to to even be able you know like as you're saying the two options like i could feel my i could feel my muscles tense uh between you know sci-fi budget where you lose everything that you have invested into the character you know yeah oh i got i, I got a headache now i think i need to sit down um, um well apologies I'm just messing with um. you i'm just messing with no i'm just kidding with you well, the the format you you prefer the the animated like with stuff like Hitmonkey that just came out. Um, uh, shout out to my buddy Kevin Mellon, art director Hitmonkey. Uh, like that's, that's awesome. I mean that's definitely like paving the way for something like this. Like I would definitely like if I saw this like on you know as a streaming service uh, animated show or even like some of the like uh, adult animated shows like on. Um, Adult Swim, or like uh, I think TBS was mm-hmm. dipping their toes in there for a while. Just something like this, and be like, that you know that that seems like the right format. That said, I do love a good, just fun movie, and I think if if they made a Sci-Fi Channel version of this, it would not be as good <laughs> as it could be. <laughs> but I would be hard pressed to not think it would just be a lot of fun. <laughs> just seeing just you know <laughs> just, this, just a terrible I just imagine them doing like a, a terrible I just imagine yeah. harry and the hendersons like in a yeah. key running around like with a rubber sword and I, I just, and that's what i imagined that they would do and i it's not my baby so i can say this but that just tickles me so sure. much like it's like <laughs> it's just like that that sounds amazing like i kind of like that sounds amazing you know, I I have my own um creator own book. I did the one I uh we talked briefly before recording where I had the Kickstarter uh that's yeah. for it. It's called Packs of the Low Country. And it's definitely um not like you know, it's set like in the low countries of uh, South Carolina and and it's it, it's sci fi but it's also action and it's also kind of, but whenever, you know, we would me and the writer would like kind of like wax about like, oh, what would this be like? I just kept thinking like this would be like a sci fi miniseries, like because there's so because like we have some like random crazy shit in there and it's like no one right. else is going to keep that unless it's like on the sci-fi network <laughs> like no one's just going to keep this random left turn we took with something or somebody or this goofy character we have in there unless it's like a sci-fi movie like it just it's just not going to keep it so that's where kind of this question kind of stemmed from but uh i respect your choice though as as a creator i respect your choice as a fan Again, Harry Harry Henderson's in a gi with a sword chopping up fools. Like I'm just I'm there. I'm for it. Um That's hilarious. <laughs> but but again, I would also be there. I would I would also be there for uh the uh ten episode streaming series. Uh people take note. 
awesome. The uh, my wife would be saying to me, "Baby, you better take that sci-fi money." <laughs> you know, she yeah. would. She would. Be, you better take that sci-fi money. Um. So, I. Uh, you know what they did? A good, you remember years ago they did a uh, sci-fi did a uh, version of the movie Dune. That was mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I. I didn't see. Right I, I saw who some Sharknado. Yeah, if you if you right. the right people who know how to spend the money, you can end up with something fun. And you know, like a lot of people bring up that movie Dog Soldiers, um, that was that director Neil Marshall's first film. And uh, I'm sorry, like a lot of that stuff looks like it's from like a sci-fi movie to me. And that's not a knock on it. I'm just like, yeah, it's it it, it was not some masterpiece of independent cinema. It was like it was just like a really good werewolf action soldier movie. But it definitely looked like it was financed by Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, by by a bunch of random companies and then picked up by Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> right, right, right. Awesome. Y'all already made this. We, you know, it's done, yeah. right? Okay, we'll put it on. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's, uh, it's a, yeah, it's um, you know, LaTeX. You know, when we were talking about, you mentioned like Cartoon Network or Adult Swim or whatever. Um, uh, the that was I wanted to get Latex Avenger over to Adult Swim. That was my goal. I mean, to have a you know a rubber headed warrior. You know, I mean, he's wearing a condom on his head and he's running around with you know got a sidekick shooting spermicide of fun of foam <laughs> guns. You know, at, you know at, at characters like Kosha the Pig and you know I don't know. It's just a crazy story and uh, there you know I knew some people who were tied in over there and they liked Masters of the Obvious at one point and just couldn't get it together. And so um, I'd love to take a swing at Bigfoot Nose Karate, though. I, I think it would be fun to see it on the screen. I think it really would. Yeah, I, I think I think it's 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 got enough there to chew on to, to have it. Besides the fun concept, it's it's definitely got the 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 stuff, you know, and we keep talking about the twists and turns up. Just stop listening to this. Go read the book. Go, go, go. Yeah, OK, go, yeah. Issue one. And then you'll you'll know exactly what we're talking about. And then go to the uh, Kickstarter link in the show notes and hit the notify me so you can be notified as soon as issue two goes live. You can back that. Go to BigfootNoseKarate.com and just, yeah, support this book. It's super fun. As you can tell from our conversation, Dan's a super awesome guy. Unfortunately, we couldn't have uh, Casey on the show today, but, um, you know, stuff happens. Uh, but hopefully, you know, uh, we'll, I'll get to have you both or, one of, or him back on uh, for issue three. That sounds great. Awesome. Yeah, and for those of y'all who are listening, if you catch this before the October 1st of 2022, uh you can listen you can read the book for free on globalcomics.com. That's globalcomix.com. It'll be up there until the 1st, and then we're going to take it down so uh you'll have to be able to pick it up at the Kickstarter at that point. So go read book 1 for free right now. Check it out and then go check out the the Kickstarter on October 12th. See, you got no excuse now. Dan, nope, thank excuses. you so much for coming on and being a good sport about all the uh, random ass questions. <laughs> Don, I appreciate it. It was fun. And thanks for having me, man. Awesome. Uh, now is the time. Let everyone know, besides BigfootNoseKarate.com, where they can find you on social media. Sure. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Danomite139. That's D-A-N-O-M-Y-T-E-139. And you can find Casey at Robots Eat guitar on twitter and instagram as well awesome dan thanks again thank you don you have a great evening you too.